What you get by achieving your goal is not as important as what you become by achieving your goal. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to roll out the red carpet to you and welcome you to the Poultry Homestead Podcast. Boy, I don't know where you are in the world right now, but in our neck of the woods, it's real nice around here. The old temperature is uh, hanging in there in the 60s, 70s, and yesterday, by golly, we saw 80 degrees. Of course, uh, I like it when it's 80 degrees, but the neighbors do not because uh, I'm walking around in my underwear, and that's not a very good sight, as you can imagine. But uh, yeah, the my uh, my little darling wife pulled a fast one on me today. Here about an hour ago. You know, you ever you ever drink iced coffee? Okay. So what we do, you know, I mean, we like to we like to get the most out of everything we can, right? So we'll take we have a coffee maker in our kitchen. It's one of those ones where you set a timer on it. And uh, you you wake up and you have coffee made, and it just got done making coffee when your alarm goes off. So a lot of times we have leftover coffee, and we put that in mason jars and put it in the fridge. Okay, and I take it to work, and in the afternoon when I get these afternoon tireds, about oh two o'clock, two thirty. When you don't feel like you could stay up another second or you're just kind of getting tired and sluggish in the afternoon. Uh, I don't get it that often, but uh, after a weekend of Easter eating and stuff like that, I definitely get that. So anyway, I take this frickin' cup of iced coffee and I'm going down the roads here now. I thought, I'm going to take a big old slug of this awesome iced coffee and not let my day get away from me, not this guy. So I take a big old pull off of that son of a bitch. And folks, that was definitely not iced coffee. It was a goddamn jar of frickin' black olives. And I about ready, ready to puke. I mean... I like black olives, but getting hit, getting getting hit from the side from black olives—that's just not not right. So that got dumped out in a ditch between Gaylord and New Ulm, and I myself did not get my iced coffee. I did, however, wake up pretty nice, though, and uh, I I do not have the afternoon tires. So, uh, to my little darling, I texted her and said, nice April Fools. She goes, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I told her what happened, and boy, she laughed. But, uh, apparently, the trick was not on purpose. She honestly thought it was a jar of coffee when she suggested I drink it last night. So, I guess that's what you get for uh, 
having jars of coffee and jars of black olives in your fridge. It would, however, be a really good uh, trick to play on someone if they take mason jars of coffee with them to work to have an iced coffee in the afternoon. So, anyway, I better get on subject, I suppose. Uh, lately I've been researching a subject because my hatch rates are not all the way through the roof here. You know, I've been averaging about a 50%, which uh, will not overwhelm you with birds, but, uh, you know, I could use a better hatch rate and get a little bit better value out of my deal. So I've been researching what a dry hatch is. And everybody goes, a dry hatch is exactly that. No, no, a dry hatch is not exactly that. A dry hatch is an easier way to hatch, basically. And the theory behind it is, is you just don't need that humidity during that period when you're incubating your eggs for the first 18 days. Now, if you're doing quail eggs, it's, it's uh, 15 days. But chicken's eggs, we'll just, we'll just pretend here now we're just doing chicken eggs. But a dry hatch when you're doing chicken eggs is when you don't put any water in the incubator. You do not even look at the humidity levels while they're incubating for that first 18 days. And then you do your 65 or 60 or 70% uh, humidity during lockdown, which would be the last three days of incubation. And one thing I thought was really interesting about it was people tend to get better hatch rates. And I don't know if it's because, you know, bacteria um, in a damp environment tends to fester a little more. But uh, there was one individual that wrote a blog on the internet and this person wrote that they did a dry hatch, but they did it a little differently. They said, you make sure your humidity during that first however many days did not go below 15% and did not go above 30%. So they actually did monitor their humidity. And then there was other people that hatched out and said they did not monitor their humidity. There was, however, one individual on YouTube, a really good uh, video, I thought. A gentleman and his wife, they did two incubators side by side, uh, 22 eggs a piece, it's the same incubator I have, but one they dry hatched and one they wet hatched. And what they found was is the dry hatch and this could be just any coincidence whatsoever. But I mean, it had six chicks out of the eggs before the other one had any out of the eggs. And he had, he had a really good hatch rate actually out of both of them. But um, he candled a shit ton too, which means he handled the eggs a lot during incubation and they probably came below that 99.5 degrees. I mean, I'm not here to sit and say whatever, but I mean, this dude handled those eggs a lot. 
and he did not have a clean house. So evidently, you know, fertility might have something to do with it. But uh, also the way the eggs are stored, I guess I don't know. But anyway, this, this dude had one more, out of 22 eggs, he had one more hatch out of the one, which I don't know is concrete data. But he said, if this is the case, why would you not dry hatch? I mean, why do you want to keep adding water all the time, you know? And he called out a few eggs, you know, during his candling, which next time I will definitely do that. I mean, I just, in my incubator, my Nurture Right 360, if you had quail in there, that's all well and good. But as soon as you throw chicken eggs in there, man, you want your room, you know? So that was a big thing to me. Um, but anyway, one thing that I learned about this dry hatch thing is it's something that I'm going to be trying next time. Because, first of all, not having to add water for the first 18 days until they go on lockdown, that sounds pretty good to me. Uh, secondly, I mean, just for that first 18 days, just set it and forget it. And then secondly, people are reporting that they get better hatch rates. So do with that what you will. I, uh, I tend to think that, uh, I tend to think that that's something that should be tested by oneself. And me, I'm a relatively unexperienced hatcher. The only thing that I've hatched so far are quail eggs, which I got a 55% out of, which I was actually pretty impressed with seeing how I ordered these eggs when it was 19 below zero outside and the postal service handled it like shit, the package. Um, so I was pretty impressed with my quail egg hatch being at 55%, which, whatever. I mean, I'd like to, you know, do better, but, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, and secondly, uh, my, my second thing of eggs that I hatched were the ones from a, a lady down the road and uh, I think I got a lower hatch rate. I mean there was a lot of these eggs were developing so a lot of them were fertile. I think there was only three eggs in the whole kit and caboodle that weren't fertile. So in my opinion I, uh, I just didn't handle things correctly. Uh, would it have been better if uh, I had dry hatched? I'm not... I mean, nothing was full-grown and unhatched, but there was some that just plain stopped developing. And I don't know exactly why that was. But, um, you know, you gotta... You also gotta put yourself in there. I mean, it doesn't always work out the way you thought it would. I mean, heck, I might do my next hatch, and I might have 100%. And if I do that, I might be overwhelmed with birds. But at this rate, you know, if I'm getting a 50% or higher, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, if, if that's what you get, that's all a guy can really ask for. Unless you buy the frickin' hatching eggs on the internet, have you seen how much they're charging some of these places just for hatching eggs on the internet? It's stupid. I mean... No, seriously, it's really, really stupid. So I was looking just at these random hatcheries and a lot of these chickens that are these hatching eggs that I would probably order from someone, 
are really expensive. I mean like really expensive. Like 24 of them for $50 shipped. That's a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I like to think I do pretty good for myself. I'm no slouch. But I also like to get value out of things. So if I'm raising quail and I want to eat quail, okay, and I have two dozen quail eggs for $50, okay, right there, I just paid in the neighborhood of $2 and a couple cents a bird, okay? Now, you add a 20-pound bag of feed in there to get those quail, or not a 20-pound, a 50-pound bag of game bird feed in there to get those quail raised up. That's about a 20-bucker right there. So you're up to $70 for uh, 24 quail, okay? Where's the value in this? I mean, where are you getting your meat value? $70 for 24 quail. You're not, I mean, yeah, you might know where your food came from, but you're really only going to get a little bit of meat out of them. And their eggs, yeah, you might get eggs out of them, but you've got to continually buy that 20-pound bag of food every month or two. You know what I mean? So there's an awful lot of uh, thinking to do on that. You know, I mean, if you're looking to get value out of that jeepers. I mean, I don't know. These shipped hatching eggs, if you do it, hey, I'm all for it. If you, and some people just do it for the joy of doing it and their kids experiencing it, and I get that. I'm talking from a homesteading, farming perspective. You know, getting feed value and getting value out of things. That's just how it works. So anyway, I just thought I would mention the dry hatch and uh, also the... Um, I was really impressed with the selection of chicken eggs that you can buy for hatching, but I mean, 100 bucks for, you know, a little over, or over a dozen eggs, I mean, that's a lot of, lot of cash, man. You better really like those chickens. Anyway, that's my opinion. Hope you had a good Easter. I had an awesome Easter. I ate like shit. And the more like shit I eat means the better the holiday I had. So... Uh, it was really good. And uh, thank you, folks, for, for uh, listening today. I really appreciate it. If you want to connect, uh, Ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com. Also, Instagram. Uh, wow. Got a lot of friends on Instagram. You people are great. I sure appreciate you, uh, by the way. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's it really sings to my heart to know that all you good folks are uh you know looking me up on instagram and, and just being good people uh, a lot of positive networking going on on instagram there with uh, many of you uh and i really appreciate the pictures the you know just the the kind words that go around and and uh i just really like uh, all my Insta buddies are just so nice. They're just a, a well-rounded group of people. There's there's not as many, from what I've seen, there's not not that many internet cowboys on Instagram like there was on uh, 
Facebook when I used to be on that. So anyway, I'm very impressed with all of you and I appreciate that. I better get going. Uh, I got stuff to do. So anyway, I hope, wish you all the best. God bless you. Have a good one.